one third of people are still kind of paper-based. If you are using paper timesheet still, um, you absolutely have to get onto a digital platform, whether it's a standalone small kind of service that you use or you're integrating it with something else that you're using, you absolutely have to get away from the paper collection. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Contractor Success Academy lesson. Today, I'm here with Brian Kaplan from Construction Consulting. I wanted to make sure I get that right, Brian. Thanks for being here, Brian. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me. Awesome. So, Brian, um, I mean, you have in the trades, you've been in the trades for a while. You're a Red Seal certified carpenter. You've been a home inspector. Um, you've worked over, on, on over $50 million worth of residential home building projects. As a carpenter, site supervisor, project manager, general manager, all these sorts of things. You definitely have uh, experience with respect to what goes on in, uh, in a construction company. And uh, from your bio, it's clear that you've always been at the forefront of technology when it comes to trying to leverage time. And so the presentation uh, you prepped for us today is all about that, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as you said, I've spent, uh, I've spent 20 plus years in the business. I started as a uh, laborer and kind of grew all the way through to general manager at the past company I was working at. And throughout my entire time in this business, I've always been kind of at that forefront. I've always kind of looked at technology and thought, you know, there's definitely repeatable ways that we can do things. There's things that we can, you know, put in place to short cycle. Uh, a lot of the, the consistent and repeatable things we do on a daily basis as, as uh, building contractors. So, um, you know, one of the goals in, in me being a consultant is to kind of, you know, really sum it up in one line is to kind of do more in less time. Yeah. Work, work smart, not so hard. <laughs> That's right. You got it. Okay, cool. Well, um, without further ado, let's get you to share your screen and jump right into the presentation. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much for um, for having me here. I uh, sincerely appreciate the opportunity to speak to your network and to all of you that are listening. Um, you know, I've as Mark introduced, uh, you know, I've been in this in this business for twenty plus years, so I know I feel those pains that you deal with on a daily basis, regardless of what stage your business is at. And you know, my goal and my mission is to really help give back to this community now and to help really uh, expand it. And because there's you know a lot of great ways and a lot of great things that we can do to make the ride of our business really enjoyable, uh, as opposed to just trying to get down to that, you know, the end of the project and kind of move on. So we'll go ahead and get started now. Um, so this is a number I use with all of my clients. Uh, it's no secret. Everyone has 168 hours of every single week. Uh, it's really about kind of how you spend those that time. And uh, like I said a moment ago, when we talked about doing more in less time, it's about, you know, this is a fixed number that we have. So how do we kind of get the volume of things done that we need to get done. And I think there's a lot of worry around the um, integration of technology and, you know, just kind of keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak, uh, in the world today. And I think most construction business owners like yourselves that are listening here probably get, uh, you know, tons of emails from software as a service companies that are you know, have the new greatest platform that's kind of out there um, on a daily basis, probably you're getting, you know, hounded by these and trying to figure out you know, wading through this field of like, should I actually sign up with this? Is it going to help me leverage time? What's going to help me do? And I think a lot of times what happens is we get overwhelmed and, um, you know, kind of like the slide that's on the screen right now, um, you know, the, really the only thing that's kind of holding you back is you. And, and the message there is that, you know, we want to be, uh, we want to be at the forefront. We want to be adopting these things into our business. But as we'll go through in the presentation, we're going to talk about the, the safe kind of ways to do that. So, 
Um, you know, and, and as, as I say with all my clients, you know, it's typically that, you, you know, you that's kind of in the way of, of making that change. Um, mm-hmm. So when we talk about technology, you know, I, I did a poll uh, back in March of 2019, and I, I went out to hundreds of construction businesses across Canada, and I wanted to ask them what they were kind of using. I wanted to get a feel for, you know, kind of what is everybody using, and I want to understand based on scale as well. So just some backstory on the study. Uh, these are construction companies that are anywhere from three people in total to about 25 people in terms of employees. Um, and ranging anywhere from, I'd say, about 500,000 to about 5 million. So just to kind of set those parameters. So it's a bit of a wide you know, lens on it, but I really wanted to get a lot of feedback. And so time tracking is one of those first things that I talk about with people. And so the first you know, sort of nugget I'll drop here is that if you are using paper timesheets still, um, you absolutely have to get onto a digital platform, whether it's a standalone small kind of service that you use or you're integrating it with something else that you're using, if you're using Builder Trend or Co-Construct or something like that, um, you absolutely have to get away from the paper collection um, and definitely have to be leveraging this. And what was amazing about this pie chart that you have in front of you is you can see like one third of people are still kind of paper-based, you know, not really, you know, adopting this. And, um, you know, really, this is one of the easiest things that you can kind of do to leverage your time, um, you know, in your construction business. And the next one is kind of looking at accounting and, you know, overwhelmingly here, two thirds of the population, of course, are using QuickBooks. And, and that's, it was really great to see that so many people are using, you know, all these things. There's barely any that weren't using anything, um, which was really great. And then finally, you know, the big hot topic, of course, is when we talk about project management software and, you know, what is everybody using? And of course, uh, Build a Trend leads the way here with 20% of the market share, at least in, in the study that I did. Um, but we also see a funny number there of 26.7%, almost again, another one third of people that aren't really using anything at all, not even a Google Sheet, a Smartsheet, anything like that. So, um, you know, project management is one of, I think, one of those contentious topics about technologies. What should I use? And should I use Builder Trend? Should I use Co Construct? And, you know, ultimately, what I would say is my answer would be that there are a lot of great tools out there. You don't have to use the most complex software. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as we kind of dive in here. Yeah, that's exciting. <clears throat> Interesting data. I'm definitely excited to to learn more. I think there's kind of different categories or groups of people. Sometimes you see those that are a little bit more reticent to adapt or evolve. You know, change is something that they're scared of. Maybe they're a little bit older and they're fearful as to uh, what kind of uh, impact trying to use, leverage tech is, is going to have, right? Uh, it's new. There's a huge learning curve. You know, my team's not going to want to adopt it. There's that. And then you get the other end of the spectrum where it's uh, you know, the eager beavers that have shiny object syndrome that, yeah. oh, new tech, new tool, new tech. And then there's just all over the place. They're using all the tools, but sometimes there's overlaps and it gets messy. So hopefully this, you know, presentation clears up some of that for, for people watching. Yeah. And you're hundred percent right. Those are fantastic points that you brought up. And, I, and I've got some of these, you know, uh, coming up as well. And I think, you know, we're all different as people. And I think that all of us are, you know, going to sort of uh, respond and, and be more willing to do certain things versus others. And um, I think ultimately, you know, what 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 I would say is that you have to kind of make yourself a little bit uncomfortable, but how uncomfortable is, is really the question. So, um, you know, which dovetails really nicely into, you know, kind of talking about change and how hard it is. And um, some of the things that are really key about this, and I kind of made this funny little acronym here that we all know in a different context, uh, SOL, but, you know, it's really about, uh, you know, with my clients, you know, and I work with clients of all different business sizes and I always am striving for simplicity. 
You know, I always want them to look back at what's the core offer of their business and and how well does it perform and, and how can we just simplify, simplify, simplify. We want to get away from, you know, what they call kind of the complexity of doom. And as businesses kind of grow and you start adding all these tech pieces, everything gets really, really complex and you end up just marginalizing a lot of people's time. And so we really want to always strive for simplicity. Um, one thing that I always talk about is kind of one thing, one project, one person. And what that basically means is we just take like, say, Builder Trend, for example, and you decide that you're going to, you're ready to bite the bullet and spend $400 plus a month on that software system. And don't go and try to, you know, bring it to all your projects at once, right? Start with one project, start with one aspect of it. Like maybe it's just the schedule that you're going to use on this one project and only have one person responsible for it and doing it at a time. And then basically just keep dovetailing into this third point here, layering with scale. So once you get comfortable with that one thing, add a second thing in, add a second project, add a second person, you know, just always kind of do it carefully. And so, um, you know, kind of like what you mentioned a moment ago with brand new shiny object syndrome is I think a lot of people, there's that kind of adoption curve, right? Where it's all the way up here at the beginning because we're super excited. And then it just kind of goes like this, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, so we always want to layer the scale, right? These are the, um, I'd say if you take, you know, anything away from this presentation today, um, this is really the, the fundamental core of it is really the, at that SOL acronym. So, so we want, yeah, we want ahead. to be, we want to be SOL. It's a good thing in this <laughs> context. <laughs> you got it. Exactly. It's a reverse psychology here. So <laughs> cool. So, so here's, um, you know, we'll kind of go through the points that we're going to talk to talk about today. Um, you know, interestingly enough, a lot of my work that I do is, you know, I talk a lot about kind of the behavioral aspect, because really what it comes down to is when we want to make change in our construction business, we want to grow, we want to learn and improve. It's really about behavioral changes more than, you know, say adding a piece of technology or uh, changing, you know, certain systems and stuff like that. So, um, and, and it really, you'll see a dovetail through all of this really when it comes back to that kind of behavioral lens. So uh, we're going to talk about the principle of leverage and how powerful it is. We're going to, you know, introduce systems thinking for people that, you know, haven't really explored this concept. Concept. Um, it's really the fundamental critical piece of success for any business. Um, we'll talk a little bit about some workflows and tech platforms. And, um, and then we're also going to, of course, talk about, you know, a point you brought up, Mark, which is, you know, my team, are they going to adopt this kind of thing? And how do we actually do that? And then I also stuck clients in there too, because there's clients that, you know, aren't that tech savvy and aren't really that interested in communicating on something. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about how you differentiate yourself in the marketplace. And a lot of the work that I do with people is helping them sort of discover, you know, that, that marketing term of USP, your unique selling proposition. And one of the things that you can do by using a set of technology pieces is really show how you stand out amongst kind of like what we call the red bloody ocean. And then, you know, throughout this presentation, I'm going to talk about some of the common pitfalls. I'm going to constantly be hammering these in um, because it's very easy to kind of, you know, go way too far with it way too quickly and really not get the proper adoption that you need. So I know what everyone's probably thinking by now. Um, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about how great this all is. And, and, you know, in a lot of presentations, all we hear is the good. But let's talk about, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly kind of thing. So, um, you know, a lot of people say, look, I'm just crazy busy right now. I'm, I'm on sites. I can't, you know, I get home at eight o'clock at night. I've got invoicing to do. I've got all these other things that are a priority. How can I possibly dedicate any time to adding in technology into our business? And I've heard that and I've felt that as well. And the reality is, is when we talk about doing more in less time, you know, again, let's remember SOL. We're going to keep it simple. We're going to only do one thing at a time and we're just going to layer with scale. So it's really about making that behavioral change and starting to, you know, sort of change the process. Um, we also hear, 
you know, it's really expensive. You know, if we look at like Build-A-Trend, for example, you know, it's an expensive thing for some business owners to sort of uh, commit to on an ongoing monthly basis based on the number of projects that they have or they don't have for that matter. And the reality is, is that, you know, once you start to value your own time because you see the replacement of time, you start to understand the picture and how that all sort of blends into it. And then, of course, the big one is we say, well, our team, you know, they're not going to get on their smartphones and do this, that and whatever. And, um, you know, I always bring up this slide and say, well, do they look like this? Because if they look like this, then, yeah, probably I'll stop talking and then, you know, that'll be that. But the reality is, is that, you know, everybody's <laughs> on Instagram, everybody's on Facebook. You know, I've, I've been on sites for many, many years and, and trust me, your team knows how to use their smartphone. So it's really about how do we get them to kind of do that and take those steps. And then, you know, a lot of people, and when I've spoken on this topic before, a lot of people raise their hand in the room and say, yeah, I just don't really know where to start. You know, kind of like I said at the beginning of the presentation, there's so many options out there and you're getting bombarded with marketing messages on a daily basis. Um, where do I start? How do I kind of start to integrate this? And that's really what we're going to kind of talk about today. Uh, so really quickly, you know, Mark, you did a bit of a bio on me. Um, I, I'm on the right hand, hand side here in case you were wondering. Um, <laughs> I've, got some, I've got some building blocks in my hands there. So this was kind of like the, you know, my early childhood fascination with building blocks and Lego was kind of really that first song that I was born to build. And, um, you know, I, I basically, you know, came back from school after doing a, a you know, majoring in kinesiology and sports medicine and realized I just love playing sports. I didn't really want to help other people play sports. And then uh, my girlfriend, who's my wife now of 15 years, um, bought a house. We started renovating it and kind of the rest is history. You know, I kind of fell into it, but uh, really enjoyed it, really have a passion for it. And um, as you mentioned at the beginning, I've kind of been all around and I've been, you know, in a bunch of different companies, a bunch of different contexts and, uh, and kind of grown through all those positions. So uh, safe to say, uh, you know, I've been around the block and uh, I don't profess to have all the answers, but I'm going to share with you the things I've learned and the experience I've learned and, and my take on things. And so, uh, you know, Mark, you brought this point up and it's a really fantastic point. I think this is really, when we talk about it from a 30,000 foot view, the first real step here is identifying where you sit in the spectrum. And we've kind of got three, you know, boxes here on the screen. So one's a self-performing contractor. So that can be like replacement contractors that can be, you know, even uh, small remodeling companies um, and especially trades, right? So people that are just out there every single day, they're physically performing uh, their work, their, you know, gross revenues. I mean, I'm just going to use really, really paint with a really broad brush here, just say anywhere from zero to like, say, $500,000 in terms of annual gross revenue. And then we kind of like get to the manager stage. And the big distinction here is like, as a self-performer, you're the one kind of doing it and you're in control of things. So there's, you know, better quality control. Um, you know, you've got people there that you've hired maybe as employees and you're training them and mentoring them. And, you know, it's busy, but you can manage it. And then you get to this pivot point where you, you have to start relying on other people. And that's kind of when you, you know, kind of move over to that manager side. And, you know, again, I hate using these numbers, but just say anywhere from the 500 to 5 million, that's kind of in that range. And that's a very broad category. But really the fundamental thing here is that that's where you start to add some pieces. And it's not to say that the people on the self-performing uh, side shouldn't be using technology pieces. You absolutely should. And I'll talk a little bit about that through this presentation. And then the sort of next pivot is kind of what I call it leader. And it's not that managers or self-performers aren't leaders, but it's just a way to kind of classify this and say the leaders are kind of when you're getting to like, you know, the eight and $10 million plus um, where you have teams of people, you have like a sales team and you have, you know, all these different divisions and, um, you know, 
company visibility is really, really key at that point. So that's where we start to get into really bigger sort of systems. So again, remember SOL, keep it simple, right? If you're a self-performing contractor, you know, use what you need to use, right? Um, and you know, as you go through these layer with the scale, right? So build as, as your company grows, build your tech stack as well. So principle of leverage, it's no, uh, you know, this isn't a secret. This isn't any new content here. As you can see, there's a load, there's a fulcrum, there's an effort. And the best example I can give you of this is, uh, let's look at timesheets being the fulcrum here. What we want to do is when we say we want to get off paper is because we want the, the digital timesheets pushes the fulcrum out to the load and the load is your employees is capturing that information and the effort involved in capturing it when it's digital is a lot less so you have much more leverage uh, versus the opposite of course is when you're doing paper timesheets that fulcrum slides right towards the guy who's pushing down there on the effort and that's you the construction business owner that has to you know i mean we've all had it we've got missing timesheets that are illegible uh they're torn in half there's coffee stains all over them so um, you know, that's, again, one of those really quick things that we can do. So leverage is super important. And so one of the things that I talked about a second ago, and I said, we're going to really explore today is when we talk about even like on the basic level of a self-performing contractor, um, you know, is really just kind of, you know, let's maximize what you're already doing or some behavioral changes that we can do aside from technology, right? There are some pieces we can use, but let's also look at being more efficient just with our time. So you know, bulk our tasks together. So if we have a bunch of trades that we have to pay, we should have that on a regular schedule. If we have a bunch of material that we have to order, let's order that for various projects all at the same time. And then, you know, the last one just says sending out RFPs, like a re request for proposals when you're, you know, sort of breaking down a new project. Again, sit down and block that time off and spend two or three hours doing it, whether it's at night or it's super early in the morning, which are the popular times, of course, for self-performing contractors to do. Um, that's kind of what we mean about bulking our tasks. And then it dovetails into kind of scheduling our tasks. And one of the big ones is, you know, I like to talk about, and one of the first things I do with my clients is get them to get, a, get on top of their email and their communications, because ultimately there's money sitting there, right? There's, there's clients and that first touch um, is so critical with the client, right? When you answer the phone, when you answer the email and the way that you bring them through your pipeline, regardless of what size of the company you are, is so, so critical. So, you know, making sure that we have a system for managing that inbox and managing our clients and then sitting down and setting the right expectations with them, not emailing them at 11 in the morning on a Sunday. And because when you do that, guess what's going to happen? They're going to email you back at 11.05 and now they're going to expect that you're going to reply to them. So, um, you know, it's really kind of doing this. And then the last one I love is, is really booking your sales calls on one or two days of the week only and not being kind of at the whim of when people are available is really kind of setting that schedule and saying, well, these are the days that we actually do it. And I get a lot of feedback that, you know, some clients aren't around and maybe you have to do an evening or a weekend and that's fine, but just set one of those that you're going to do. And the little hint and tip I'll give you is later in the week is always better. People are in a much better mood if you go see them on a Thursday or Friday or even on the weekend. <laughs> so, and then when we get into systems thinking, so the analogy here is think about this uh, small little fire extinguisher and you've got a bunch of fires everywhere. And you're going around and you're just basically putting out all these little fires everywhere, as opposed to saying, let's look at this from a systems perspective and see how we can basically put one thing in place. So let's use our example of digital timesheets. Instead of having to go to three different sites to get physical timesheets from everybody, why don't we put a digital system in place? All of a sudden, that fire extinguisher has become a fire truck, right? Or a fire hydrant. And now we're, we're basically really attacking it. So that's kind of what we mean when we talk about systems thinking. You know, a very great example for all the carpenters here and really any builder that's listening to this, of course, will be, you know, how do you frame a wall? Do you frame it? Do you go and measure one stud, mark it, cut it, go install it? 
Or do you go and set all your plates, make a cut list, come back, cut everything, and then go install it? So that's kind of what we mean when we say series or parallel. And that's the real, if I can crystallize it, that's what systems thinking is all about. It's about taking processes that you're going to repeat over and over. And how can we really 10x those, those processes? So that's really what we mean. And so in terms of like how you think about this, you know, these are some three points that I have in here that I think are really good to ask yourself. So, you know, ask yourself whenever you're going to go, you know, kind of put a system in or you know, evaluating a tech piece, you know, are you going to be able to put out one fire with the same effort as putting out many? And in the digital time sheet answer, it's yes. Um, are you creating a new process or can I modify an existing one? It's kind of a new process, but really your, you know, time sheets are something that you've been using since you started your business. So, um, so that works. And then, you know, the third thing is, will the team be able to use this and repeat for the same result? Look, it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that you're going to put a digital system in and everyone's just going to be like, oh, this is great. This is amazing. You're going to have no hiccups. That's not life. Life is messy. And so it's there's keys, and we'll talk about that when we talk about adoption, of how we get people to kind of work with us on that. But if you do nothing, you'll get the same results that you're getting right now. So this is kind of what we mean when we talk about systems thinking. And then getting into kind of workflows and tech platforms. So, you know, three main points here. Again, uh, go back to that SOL. We're going to layer with scale. That's one of the real critical ones here. And then we're going to talk about the real outcomes here, which are like centralization and decentralization. And so, you know, this is kind of just a simple bar chart to kind of show people uh, really kind of what I was talking about at the beginning and the, the kind of different stages of a, a growth of a company. Um, you know, on the x-axis there, we've got the, you know, the size kind of thing. And then on the vertical axis, we've got the dollar value. Don't read too much into that. It's really just the image that we're trying to get, you know, and understand. So imagine that the one on the far right is going to need a lot more complexity um, at the $10 million system, thousand really should be 10 million, but, um, it, you know, they're going to need a lot of different systems than, you know, bigger, more complex systems than someone that's, you know, down in the, you know, $250,000 per gross revenue or per annum year, uh, kind of thing. So, um, so let's talk about centralization. So I talked about visibility, regardless of the size of your company, visibility is huge as a business owner. If you are working on one site, that's that's great. You're totally in control. As soon as you start to split and there's, you know, you, you have multiple sites or you start to rely on teams and managers, you want visibility to be able to see what's happening. So as an example, I can tell you that, you know, managing as a general manager, when I was managing a company and there would be eight to 10 projects going on at any single time, in about 20 minutes at five o'clock every day, I could get an update on everything that happened in the day. I got pictures. I knew exactly who was on site. I knew what trades were on site. I knew if there's any specific meetings or correspondence that happened. And then I also got to see like the notes of the client. And this becomes a really powerful thing for you to how to train your staff to really speak to clients. And, and a lot of the work that I do with people is teaching, you know, or kind of professing this client filter that we always look through. And so it's kind of a really cool thing when you think about it. We're using tech to centralize information and give us as business owners visibility. You can also use it obviously as a training tool, not only for the digital proficiency, but how they even speak and interact with clients because this will be a client-facing sort of image. And this is a, a sample daily log I created in Builder Trend that you can see uh, that just kind of shows um, how we would input it on the client side. They get a much nicer polished version that comes back to them. So, um, so that's kind of centralization is really key. Um, and then, you know, uh, we're all familiar probably with this uh, with this you know movie clip here, and this is of course Darth Vader with this death grip on uh, this commander who's obviously done something wrong. But um, the point here is that if you have dreams of going away and going to a beach for three weeks, 
one of the only ways that we can really kind of do this is by decentralizing the workflow. In other words, if everything's coming for you, and at the beginning it is, eventually you have to be able to start slowly let go of the script and slowly put the pieces in place. And not only the tech pieces, but also the people to operate those tech pieces in place so that you can actually start to release and really allow the company to function essentially without you. That's what we talk about when we talk about like a sustainable business model. And then, you know, we look at this kind of self-performer, you know, contractor, uh, again, you know, if you're a specialty trade or you're a residential remodeler, um, you know, we look at kind of. We, we have all these different things in our business at any stage, but the reality is there's only so much of you in that 168 hours when you're at these different phases that you can really focus on. And so, you know, really at the beginning, it's these three things. You're, you, you've got to sell work. You've got to estimate work. You've got to count your pennies, right? And keep score. And you've got to perform the work. And that's really, if I could crystallize it, that's kind of like the three main focuses that you have. So what I was going to show you guys now is... Is kind of looking at three different ways that you know we tend to do it. So this is just Excel, and this is just a way to work out. This is a flat work concrete. So if we're doing concrete slabs, this is a way to work it out. And um, you know, this is a more robust you know spreadsheet than I think a lot of people might have already. But Excel is very comfortable. It's where everyone starts. I, most people actually start with a pen and paper, and then you kind of move into Excel. Uh, but the reality is, is that this is a very comfortable thing. And people ask me all the time, "Well, should I use like an estimating software?" And I'm like, "You could if you want to." Well, one of the challenges with a lot of the softwares that are out there is they don't do this part of it for you, right? Because estimating is comprised of the takeoffs and the bidding. Those are the two distinct components there. And the takeoffs are not really done by other estimating softwares. There are obviously a few examples that that do that. However, they still require a lot of manual input. So really, at the end of the day, we, we tend to come back to kind of the old world anyway. So this is kind of what I mean when we talk about adding tech, we don't have to go to the latest greatest because... We're going to perfect what we have first. So take our Excel sheet and let's really modernize. Let's put data tables in some automations and stuff like that. So improve what we have before we kind of move on. And then when we look at accounting, you know, QuickBooks is, you know, predominantly in our industry, especially for the size is what people are using. They do a great job of making the user interface easy to use. They've worked hard on that for a long time. And it really is able to give us that information that we need uh, to really kind of see. And, and that dashboard view is really, really critical. So um, you know, a lot of people that I start working with, they have a shoebox of receipts. And, and I get it because I was there once too myself. And the reality is, is we have to get this digitized because the amount of power that we have in a software system like this is immeasurable. So once we get that information in there, which is, you know, a, it's a voluminous task and it's overwhelming a little bit, but, you know, it's kind of like I say, let's layer with scale, start with one thing. If, if you're going to start with one thing in your construction business, start with this. You know, please get your accounting, you know, up to date because if you don't know your numbers, you're not running a business. And then when we get into kind of looking at adoption of these platforms or these tech platforms, um, you know, we really want to talk about it. it's not this little cute puppy that we're adopting here, right? We're, we've got these, uh, you know, construction people that work for us, these guys and gals, and they're used to, you know, framing things and and drilling things and and all of that kind of thing, and really. I think one of the biggest things that I've seen in my time, regardless of the size of the company, for all the clients I work with and all the companies that I've been in, is really trying to force people to do something without really starting with the why part. And so, you know, uh, there's a great, uh, for, for all of the, you guys that are familiar with Simon Sinek, he has that great start with why uh, video that he shot, that speech that he gave, that really 
talks about why we're going to start with why, why we're going to explain the why to somebody before we tell them the how we're doing it kind of thing. And, you know, really dovetails into uh, some of the stuff that I talk about with adoption, because what we really want to do is include people in that conversation. I think I mentioned it already is, you know, we don't want to just kind of be dictatorial with things and tell people what to do. We really want to include them as part of the conversation, because if you want somebody to adopt something, you, you really need to have them be part of it. You almost want to get them to think like it was partly their idea, right? So when they know that there's this little nugget in there, this way that we're doing it, and that was their suggestion that goes so long and so far for helping, you know, them even kind of convince other people to adopt it that are in their company. So, um, so always start with why, um, you know, your team's going to follow in your footsteps. So you really are the leader. You have to kind of, um, you have to be into it. You have to be interested in this. If you're the kind of business owner that doesn't really like tech, I want you to fake it. Because I want you to, you know, kind of, you don't have to be over the top and, and exuberant about it, but I really want you to kind of show and explain and feel and, and kind of impress upon your team the benefits of what we're doing. Um, again, SOL, right? Keep it simple. If you confuse, you lose. Remember that one as well. It's a really important one. So as soon as people start not knowing, you know, where they should put things or this, that or whatever, I want you to stop and take stock of what you've put in place and see, is it too complex? Do you need to dial it back a little bit? And then one of the final points here, which is, you know, I think widely talked about in the industry now is that we definitely have a younger generation that are coming into the trades. And I think that it's really important to recognize that a lot of them are drawn to companies that are, that have tech. And I think it's not the specific tech that they're really drawn to. It's kind of the progressive nature of it, right? They want to be part of something. They want to build something. It's why we start with why. It's why you know, we want to you know, be progressive and kind of change our behaviors and, and kind of move forward in that direction. And so again, you know, remembering from earlier in this presentation, we talked about this one thing, one project and one person is dovetails into the human resources side for sure, because we don't want to overwhelm people. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard from a lot of people, I've interviewed tons of people over my time in this business. And the uh, the term I, would, I can tell you that most people describe the companies that they've worked at before is it was a hot mess. And, you know, basically that there was nothing that was organized and that they tried to incorporate all these things so quickly and um, they scaled so quickly. And it's no coincidence why on every job posting you see, it says must work in fast paced environment. And, you know, that's because I think there's so much out there. It's been very abundant for the building world for a long time. And, you know, ultimately you're trying as a business owner to kind of control it all and, and take the work because, you know, three in the hand is better than two in the bush, I think is the expression. But, um, you know, just remember that sometimes we have to dial it back. Sometimes we have to just recognize that it's all a process. And if we really want true adoption to take place, uh, you have to plant those roots and you have to plant them really, really deep. And the way that you do that is by this one thing, this one project, this one person. That's the approach, you know, each and every single time that you go through uh, adding something to your construction business. And, you know, easier for me to say on this side of the screen, of course, to you, because you guys are in the throes of it every day, but it's all about patience and it's, it's really hard, um, but it's critical to adoption. And I think the point I'll make here is that everybody comes from a different background. Everybody hears information differently. They process it different, differently, and they also act on it differently. And what might seem easy for you or simple for you, um, like going into a job site and there's work happening and the floors that you just put in aren't protected, seems obvious to you. It's not always obvious to every single person. And so just remembering that when you try to kind of add something, especially for the people on your team, the guys and gals that aren't really that, you know, sort of digitally proficient, 
Um, you know, you got to be patient with them. You got to break it down into little building blocks and help them get those little wins, get that confidence to kind of go through it. And then, as I said before, you know, really make sure we're including them in the process. And so, you know, it's about before we do it and then all the way along, you know, check in with people. Hey, how is this working? Have you found that we've actually, this was the goal. Do you think we're getting closer to that? Do you have any suggestions for how we can improve this kind of thing? And, you know, and don't be afraid to abandon ship on something too. If you integrate something and it's just too complex, uh, I know lots of business owners that have gone to, you know, some of the bigger platforms out there and they start to use it and, and they've realized it's just not for them. They're not ready or they're not at that stage. And, and that's totally fine. So I want you to make sure that you know you're ready for that and, and just really include that that you know that team feedback is so so critical. Okay, so let's talk about the marketing benefit because that's something that I hear a lot too. I hear people saying, you know, I need more leads, I need you know better projects and all this sort of thing. And uh, as I said at the top of the presentation, we talk about USP, we talk about our unique selling proposition. You know, how do we distinguish ourselves in this marketplace? And, you know, one of the things that we can do by using tech is we can kind of show that we're super organized. We can show that we're accountable. Um, you know, when you have something like, um, you know, a communications platform, whatever you're using, um, where people have to kind of input stuff to that, it makes them all very, very accountable because they're all visible to each other. And so, you know, I think a client can really understand and see the value when you kind of present to them, this is how we operate. This is what it looks like to be a client of ours. This is how you're going to get communicated to and, and all this kind of thing. Um, and then, of course, it shows that you're progressive. It shows that you're keeping up with the times. And one of the points I love making about this is that if that's how you are on the kind of communication side and how you organize your business, it really instills a lot of confidence and trust. Trust is that five-letter word that's so, so critical uh, when we talk about residential you know, construction in general. Um, it builds that trust to let people think, yeah, these guys are going to kill it when they're on my site because look how organized they are on the back end kind of thing. And that is such a critical point I want to really drive home because I think it's often overlooked that it's you don't really need tech to be a great builder. And I don't disagree with that. But when we talk about from a marketing perspective, I think it really instills a lot of confidence for people. And then, of course, it, it just adds to that professional brand that you're trying to build. You know, I always talk to people about it's about branding. It's not about companies. Right. So we're trying to build that brand. We're trying to add every sort of piece of equity we can to that. So really helps to kind of show your professionalism. I love that point, Brian. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's marketing. And, you know, I think, like you said, a lot of people want more leads, more leads, more leads. You know, then they focus on signing the customer. And then, OK, marketing typically stops. And as you say, from a communication standpoint, if you're if you're well organized and you've got you know your things together, uh, you can technically still have an impact through marketing in that way, right? Um, and that uh, lends itself well to to collecting more referrals and potentially repeat business and stuff. So that's super powerful. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's it's it just goes without saying that everything is kind of connected. You know, the leg bone is connected to the hip bone and knee bone and all of that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And and everything kind of feeds itself. And ultimately, you know, one of the other big things I'll say about this, you know, slightly off topic, um, but maybe just another nugget for everybody that's listening here is, you know, keep the conversation the same, regardless of the size of your company. Make sure that the first touch that you have with the client continues and follows through. So if you talk about how you have these pieces of technology in your business and you explain the benefits of them and you explain how what it's going to look like for them, follow through with that. Make sure that you keep that conversation consistent through the entire life cycle and beyond of their project because that's so, so critical to getting those referrals like you were just talking about. Yeah, that's the uh, do what you say you're going to do. You got it. That's right. That's right. Ideas are easy, right? Actions are everything. So, um, and so as we kind of talked about throughout this presentation, as we, as we start to get to the end here, 
you know, talking about those common pitfalls that I've seen people do. And, and to be honest with you, I've done myself. So, um, you know, my hope here is, of course, is to really help people uh, not make some of the same mistakes that I've made. So uh, don't try to add too much too quickly. That's one of the biggest mistakes, you know, going, if you just start your business, don't go sign up for Build a Trend or Co-Construct. You're just not ready. You're not there yet. And it's not that that platform isn't like a good fit for the type of work that you do or it couldn't benefit you. It's just that you're not actually there yet. You haven't perfected all the other things yet to then take that and sort of pour gasoline on the fire, so to speak. Um, the other thing is adding to all your projects at once. Excuse me. So we talk about, you know, the one-to-one-to-one, -to -one -to -one, right? So the, the one thing, the one project, the one person. So take it slow, uh, kind of layer with scale. And then, you know, using the wrong platforms for the size of your company. So like I just said, if you just open your business, don't go sign up for Build a Trend. Please don't do that. You're just, you're really just making them richer and it's really not going to do anything for you other than take you probably away from building your brand and really servicing your clients well at the beginning. And then, you know, when I talked about mastering each step first, clients that work with me, we spend like a week and I get them, I get their whole email system automated, basically. I give them a system for this. And it's a, a few plugins that they put into their existing Gmail. And we basically get it all kind of set up and working properly before they kind of go to the next step. So don't try to go do digital marketing before you've actually got just, you can control your email, just that flow kind of thing. So master each thing before you add the next piece, really kind of look at it and say, does this piece, is this going to solve the problem that I'm really trying to you know solve for? Um, again, don't force people to adopt it. Uh, you know, don't sign up for something and then just say, okay, this is what it is and expect that your job is done, that maybe you give them like a two hour intro to it, or you send them a video to watch or something like that. Um, you know, when we talk about HR and it's a big hot topic these days across both Canada and the U S you know, retention is all about ongoing training, right? And it's one of the fundamental things that I work with my business owners on is, is how you put these systems in place to make sure that you're constantly helping people develop and see the career path that you've laid out for them from the beginning. So, um, and one of those things is just, you can't force people to do things. You, you have to kind of engage them in conversation. And, you know, on that note, um, this is actually a typo on my part. I apologize, but I should say start with why before the how. Um, because before we, you know, again, we don't want to be dictatorial and just tell somebody this is how we're doing it. We want to explain the why we're kind of looking to do this, so, which are critical points. And, um, you know, these are, I love these examples. So, you know, uh, the one on the, on the left there where the building is really tilted on almost like a you know, 35, 40 degree angle, you know, that's kind of like not having a foundation, you know, set, like it's, you're basically trying to add too much too quickly and, and you're constantly, it's all sudden overwhelmed and, and the thing starts toppling. So your business just really starts to suffer. And then the one on the lower right there is kind of like, you know, if you try to add too many things at once to your business, you've got all these projects, which imagine is the house right now, all those projects up there. And you've got to hold those projects up and support them while you're figuring out this system, which in this example is kind of putting that new foundation. So uh, let's make sure that we, you know, again, SOL, let's layer with scale. And so I tried to make this like three or four takeaways, but there was just so much that I wanted to say here. So uh, I'll run through these really quickly, these eight sort of key points and takeaways from today. Um, levers are everywhere. We just have to look for them. So it's not just adding tech to your sort of business. It might be little things like a small little plugin for your Gmail that can help you master what you have first. Um, systems thinking is the key at its core, not just for tech guys, everything in your business. Okay. Every single thing that you do, I want you to kind of zoom out to the 30,000 foot view and just look at it as a system. Will that be something that solves a repeatable problem for me before I actually go down that pathway. Um, you know, as I said, start with what you have and kind of master each step first. You know, I keep using email because it's such a great example. 
uh, layer with scale, right? We've talked a lot about that. Simple is always going to be better and don't be afraid to kind of dial it back and, you know, take stock of where you come to at any point and say, are we too complex? Do we have too much going on kind of thing? And then, you know, obviously we need to lead by example. So, you know, starting with why is really important, but you have to actually, you know, sell it to your people, sell it that you're into this and that that's something that you really believe in. And uh, something I didn't really talk about, but it's such a critical thing for everything I do as a consultant and really everything I've ever done in business is always start with the end in mind, right? I think it was Stephen Covey that said that. And, you know, always got to kind of reverse engineer it and say, if the goal is this, then what will help us get there? And let's break it down. So, um, and that's really, really critical because if you just start a business where you decide that you're going to go sign up for Build-A-Trend, let's ask ourselves why we're going to do that. So let's talk about the end goal and then let's reverse engineer it and see if it's actually a good fit. And it very well might be, but always sort of look at it from that lens. And remember, as you know, I started the presentation this way and I'm going to end it this way and say that you know, the only thing that's holding you back is really looking at you right in the mirror. And uh, it's something I say to everybody. And one of the things I do as a consultant is I help people kind of see some of their behavioral patterns. I help them see uh, some of the ways that they're going about things and how they can, you know, just a different perspective can help them see that sometimes it's them that's actually the sort of uh, obstacle in the way of, of a company's success or their own success for that matter. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's what I've got for the presentation here. Um, I've got a couple of just uh, ways to get in touch with me. Um, that are up on the screen here. So I'm very active on Instagram, LinkedIn. And then of course, um, you can check me out at constructionconsulting.co. Um, I'd be more than happy to, to chat with you and learn more about your business at any point. I'm going to go ahead and stop sharing now and give you back control. Mark, you've been very patient over there listening to me yammer on about all this stuff. And I really appreciate no. uh, the time. It's awesome. I can tell you're passionate about this. And it's, uh, you know, just from looking at the presentation, it's structured, it's organized. I think you started with the end first and the why. And I mean, it's it's awesome. I think there's, it's, uh, it's definitely jam packed. And I know that you cut that presentation down quite a bit um, <laughs> yeah. for us. But, you know, um, as I say, on, you know, many other academy lessons, I think these are, this is the type of content that it needs to sink in a little bit. You it's it's worth watching these more than once because just the notion of like time blocking i think one of the first uh, modules in the presentation the idea of checking your email twice a day or carving out time in a week dedicated to sales calls or or, or proposals or whatever it is that stuff can can change your business <laughs> and uh you know too often we're just at the mercy of whatever kind of comes our way we don't own our time so i mean Little things like that that you uh, that you reference that you may mention of I mean could just be life changing. Yeah. But um, I appreciate you taking the time to put that together for us, Brian. Um, guys, as uh, Brian, you know, shared on the screen, please do not hesitate to get in contact with him if you have any questions, concerns, chit chat. Brian, awesome guy. Um, I enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed the presentation, Brian. Thank you very much for that, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody.